0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns Regulators. podcast. Part Regulate of the Locked any On Podcast property, Network. We're damn your good team too. But you day. can't be any geek off the street. You gotta be handy with the steel if you know what I mean. Earn you keep. Regulators! Mount up. It will- and mount up we did. Today, Cleveland Browns fans on this first official day of NFL free agency, the Cleveland Browns mounted up and they regulated much like they did last year for the NFL draft. The Cleveland Browns are the talk of the NFL, but not just because they made bold, splashy moves, but the Browns seem to once again be redefining, redefining how people do things in the NFL. Whether it will work long-term, we're going to figure it out. But the Browns have done everything in their power to put themselves in a situation where they can win. Fans may not like how long it might take, but what they have done today, and still have a lot of room to make moves, but what they have done today has put them in a position to long-term compete. So let's just quickly kind of review what has happened. Uh, The Cleveland Browns started the day with uh, a contract agreement with wide receiver Kenny Britt, formerly of the Tennessee Titans and the St. Louis, now Los Angeles Rams. Mr. Britt uh, had his kind of breakout season last year uh, and played best with Mr. Jared Goff, who was terrible. But Kenny Britt comes in as a wide receiver. On a contract that looks very similar to what we have been told the Browns had offered to Terrell Pryor. Maybe a little bit less. For many fans, that's the belief that Pryor is now gone. And that is very possible. But I can tell you that uh, Pryor still has the same contract offer on the table as he had at the beginning of free agency. Uh, The Browns have made some movements over time in their negotiations with Pryor, so they're not just kind of standing still, but at some point in time, either Pryor or the Browns are going to have to move on, and the Browns were not going to allow themselves to kind of strike out in free agency when it came to the wide receiver position, and they saw an opportunity to get a big-bodied wide receiver in Kenny Britt, who could provide them some solid production, either with Terrell Pryor, or if Pryor leaves, and so... For the Browns, it's it's a move to bring in a quality wide receiver um, who maybe doesn't have the upside of Terrell Pryor, uh, but has matured over the years uh, and has a bigger track record. Has a bigger track record than Troy Pryor does, but it's very possible that Troy Pryor will be back on this team. And at this point in time, I would say it's more likely than not, unless pride gets in the way, and that can be on either side. The Browns. Uh, could decide to pull their offer um, as Pryor is kind of going about his business and he's going to travel to Washington uh, as the first stop. What that tells you is no one offered him anything close, really, to what the Browns have offered, but he thought he was going to get more. See, free agents don't have to visit teams when they're great. See, some of the signings today, those players didn't visit. Those players signed because they're great. And the interesting thing is free agency, the money tends to dry up after day one and day two. So the longer this goes on, you have to wonder if the Browns offer will be reduced. And obviously, I think then you very much see that um, the Browns, uh, I'm sorry, Terrell Pryor and his agent decide to move on. So Kenny Britt is signed. Joel Bitonio gets a huge contract extension that kicks in next year. But we have Joel Batonio, and again, those of you listen to me on Lockdown Browns know that I thought Joel Batonio, along with Christian Kirksey, were huge extensions that the Browns had to get done, but I thought because of Batonio's injury, you were more likely to see his extension uh, during the season or during training camp after the Browns have seen how he's physically doing, those kind of things. Nope. They saw the value, they, re- they extended him, so they will have him for years to come and then the Browns continue to fill out their offensive line, signing starting center J.C. Treder out of the Green Bay Packers. The deal was actually reasonable. Um, and so three years, less than $20 million for uh, a very good starting center. Has a little bit of injury concerns, but a very, very good starting center. And then we pulled one out of Cincinnati and pulled out the best guard in this uh, free agency class, Kevin Zietler. Zeitler, however you pronounce his name. Someone help me out on that one, but that's okay. I think it's Zeitler. So the Browns, in a very short amount of time, have gone with, now they have Joe Thomas, Joel Betonio, J.C. Trutter, and Kevin Zeitler. Their plan is that Sean Coleman and Cameron Irving, at least at this point in time, will compete for that right tackle spot. But they feel very, very good about the talent they have on this offensive line. After that, we had the huge Brock Buster. And again, obviously that's a got to be funny about it. And so the Cleveland Browns did something uh, that we've seen happen in other sports, specifically in the NBA, where a team needs to make room, make cap space. And so they deal a very large contract to a team who has cap space and gives that team some kind of asset as a benefit for doing that, right? And so the Browns took advantage of the fact that the um, Houston Texans, sorry, my mentions and my Facebook and texts are all going crazy tonight. Uh, The Browns took advantage of the fact that the Houston Texans wanted to get out of the Brock Osweiler contract for about $16 million. Um, And the Texans had to give the Browns a second round pick next year. The Browns also gave the Texans their fourth round compensatory pick. The Browns Fourth-round compensatory pick, which is basically the top of the fifth round. It's kind of the end of the fourth, top of the fifth is the best way. And they got the Texans' sixth-round pick. So it's about a 40-pick difference between those picks for the Browns. So When I say that the Browns have kind of changed things, we haven't seen these kind of trades in the NFL. The Browns, whether no matter what you think about Brock Osweiler, no matter what you think about him, The Browns got a player that last year, many teams were very interested in signing to big contracts. The Denver Broncos just got beat out. They wanted to re-sign Brock Osweiler. They just got beat out by the Houston Texans. So the Browns got a player that, let's just say worst case, uh, is a $16 million backup to move down 40 picks. And get a second-round pick that with the Texans, who knows? The variability in the NFL is so big. Obviously, they're a very, very good team. um, But who knows where that pick could be? That could be top 15. That could be, you know, 25th. But again, you're talking about another pick, a third second-round pick next year. So the Browns took this tons of cap space and turned it into two very good starting offensive lineman, a starting wide receiver in Kenny Britt, a backup possible starter in Brock Osweiler. I wouldn't call him that, but there's a chance that he could be a backup quarterback or a low-level starting quarterback and a second-round pick. And here's the really cool things. Depending on how these contracts were kind of worked out and negotiated and kind of structured, the Browns have used about half about half of their cap space this year. And so they went in with about $105, $110 million. They've used 55 or so of that. Now, how their cap space is used versus what straight cash is different. So Jimmy Haslam could be writing straight checks for the signing bonuses, but that doesn't go directly against the cap space. So they're probably spending, or they're definitely spending more than $55 million this year. But the way that they can do that is kind of spreading out the, Uh, signing bonuses and those kind of things so that it doesn't affect the cap kind of in the same way. So the signing bonus averages out over the length of the contracts. So today, the Browns have added two very good starting offensive linemen, a starting wide receiver, a quarterback, we'll talk more about him in just a second, a quarterback, um, and a second round pick. They are still in the lead for Terrell Pryor. They're still in the lead for Terrell Pryor. No matter what else is going on, he's visiting Washington. Uh, What we know is that very good players with very big contracts get signed generally on the first and or second days. Pryor hasn't got those offers and is still now going to try to visit teams to try to up his value. We do know that the Browns still have that very good offer on the table, and most likely it's going to be the most money. The thing that will get in the way is going to be the pride of Pryor or Drew Rosenhaus that they don't want to come back to the Browns or that the Browns decide it's just enough and they're going to move on. The odds that the Browns make any other large signings would be shocking because there's not a lot of players out there now for the Browns to sign. The defense still has a lot of needs and there are some players out there that could really help the Browns, but really that free agent kind of Top flight guy isn't out there. But from a quarterback position, guess what? Brock Osweiler could already be on his way someplace else. And so there's actually some rumors that the Browns already have, um, they were out there by Ian Rappaport, um, Adam Schefter, uh, Jason and Forna, uh, Mike Silver have all kind of mentioned that the Browns uh, have been taking calls for Brock Osweiler. So what could happen is the Browns using their cap space and money could say, Listen, we'll pay half of the contract. You give us back a third-round pick this year, next year, whatever it is. You give us that pick, and we'll give you a quarterback. So guess what, New York Jets? We're on the phone with you, buddies. What do you got? What do you want, right? Because they need a quarterback. Brock Osweiler probably would be the best quarterback on their roster. And when I say probably, he would be. Um, and they wouldn't have to pay him much. $8 million for a possible starting quarterback is similar to, to what we did with Robert Griffin III, and the, getting him for a third-round pick next year or third-round pick this year doesn't seem so crazy now, does it? So the Browns could turn their cap space into two starting wide receivers, a start, I'm sorry, two offensive linemen, a starting wide receiver, a second-round pick, and a third-round pick. And still bring back Terrell prior. What a good day. But one of the things I do want to talk about is, last year, This these days were ugly for the Browns. They were bad. They were bad primarily because of two players. And if we can really, really be out there, be really, really honest, really, for the Browns and where they're at, Everything kind of worked out perfectly. And what I mean by that is this. Alex Max's age did not really set him up to be a part of what the Browns are going to do long term. Tashawn Gibson didn't look great. Didn't look great um, in Jacksonville and really wasn't that awesome for us the last year that he was in Cleveland. Travis Benjamin is fine as a deep threat. But I'd rather have Kenny Britt, Terrell Pryor, and Corey Coleman, any of those three players, over Travis Benjamin. And so signing Benjamin last year means either Britt or Pryor wouldn't be here. Right now, there wouldn't be the option that Pryor could return. And so, you know, all in all, really, Mitchell Schwartz is really the biggest miss. And the Browns are hoping the very athletic, very talented Sean Coleman, the third-round pick last year, out of Auburn, who really kind of redshirted, can slide into that right tackle position. And when you have four very, very good offensive linemen next to you, it makes your job a little bit easier. So the Browns can slide uh Zeitler over to to help out with Coleman. They can block on or they can chip on that side with a tight end or a running back because they're not worried about what Joe Thomas, Joel Petonium, JC Treader, or Kevin Zeitler are doing. They're not really worried about that at all. So they can give help over there. They can plan around that. They can pull Batonio over at times, both on runs and in the pass. So the Browns really, and there's a a direct correlation here, the Browns, if we want to think about it technically, have traded Alex Mack for Jamie Collins. Very simple trade. The Browns got a third-round compensatory pick for Alex Mack. Instead of signing him to his big deal, they got a third-round compensatory pick. They traded that third-round compensatory pick for Jamie Collins and then signed him, a younger player, to a big deal. So there is a direct trade. The Browns traded Alex Mack for Jamie Collins and have kind of a centerpiece of their defense that will go along with Danny Shelton, Emmanuel Ogba, most likely Miles Garrett. And then when it comes to Mitchell Schwartz, basically it's a trade-off of right tackle Mitchell Schwartz for right guard Kevin Zeitler and drafting a young right tackle. Had they signed Mitchell Schwartz last year, they're not signing Zeitler this year. But if they had signed Mitchell Schwartz last year, perhaps they draft a young right guard, someone they feel like, like they do about Sean Coleman, or they keep Austin Pastor around as their right guard. But there's kind of a direct trade-off there as well. Mitchell Schwartz for Kevin Zeitler. But again, they stay younger a little bit in that process, and they get that player a little bit more in the Browns' uh, time to be competitive. Instead of wasting one year Mitchell Schwartz last year when the team was terrible, now they'll start with Kevin Zeitler in year one of his contract this year. So those are some direct trade-offs of last year. Kenny Britt for Travis Benjamin. I'm good with that trade-off. Alex Mack for Jamie Collins. I'm good with that trade-off. Mitchell Schwartz for Kevin Zeitler. I'm still good with that trade-off. I'm not great with it as I am the other ones. And then they use their cap space to bring in J.C. Treader to start at center. Everything looks to be going forward for the Cleveland Browns. And we're not done yet. We're not. There is a possibility of a million different trades, a million different signings, a million different things could happen between then, now, and the NFL draft. But I can tell you that today, the Cleveland Browns put the NFL world on its ear. They dominated the offensive line class. They got the best center, and they got the best guard. There really aren't a ton of tackles out there. Ricky Wagner looked good. But you can't really spend all, not every single one of your offensive linemen can be $10 million or more offensive linemen. So there has to be a little little bit somewhere to give. So they brought in the best center and the best guard. They brought in a solid to good wide receiver in Kenny Britt, who at worst is going to be their number two receiver with Corey Coleman. But if they bring back Terrell Pryor, then you're talking about three receivers who can do a variety of things. Britt will stay outside, kind of be that bigger guy. Coleman can play outside and inside. Inside, he's more of that speedy slot Randall Cobb type of mismatch problem. Terrell Pryor can play inside and outside. Inside, he's more of that big wide receiver, tight end type uh, that can cause problems over the middle for uh, safeties and linebackers who can't cover him and are not tall enough to cover him, so really exploit some mismatches. And that's a really good haul so far. And then they decided that their cap space, which they still have about 50-some million dollars, depending, again, how everything's played out, they decided one way to value that is to get a second-round pick to use some of that, and they still could turn that, that quarterback into something else. That's amazing, right? So the Browns have, have turned the NFL world on their ear, just like they did last year. Last year was very clear, and all of the positive um, articles coming out were that the Browns changed how people think about draft picks. So instead of trading up, trading down seems more valuable. And how do you look at market efficiencies and all that stuff? Well, they did it again today. They told the world, we're going to spend money. We're going to be very focused on how we spend money and we're willing to spend money. Listen, Jimmy Haslam basically could be writing a $16 million check to get a second-round pick. But they're willing to spend money to get assets, to get young players. So the Browns have two first-round picks this year, two second-round picks this year, and then they have have three second-round picks next year. That's crazy. They have three second-round picks next year. Talk about a team that can be ultra-aggressive. Thank you for stopping by this Lockdown Browns podcast on day one of free agency. We will continue to cover this on Lockdown Browns, as well as on the Orange and Brown Report, a part of the Scout Media Network. That's the theobr.com. And again, you can follow me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Thank you for stopping by and go Browns. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17